you don't sound autistic. Well, uh, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. And we've uh, got things to talk about today. Yes. Cool. I wrote some stuff down. Okay. I wrote some notes. Where do you want to start? I don't know. I was thinking about like, um, well, I, I've i been having trouble sleeping the last couple of days. Okay. And uh, just lay there for hours on end. Oh, no. And I don't necessarily want to spend the entire episode talking about you know sleep but i know because i know we've talked about it in the past sleep is a really big deal yeah but more than that i think i wanted to talk about something else that that lingers around my sleep which is um my addictive tendencies because i don't think we've talked about that a ton we haven't actually let's dive into this oh yeah thank you for bringing it up Yep, I'm I'm regretting it now. You look way too excited about it. Sorry, I've read an article recently about addictive bedtime behaviors that can prolong and disrupt sleep. So I'm just I'm really curious to hear what you have to say. So while I was thinking that one of the one of the cycles that I find myself that I get into is and, and I've been fighting it for years now is the drinking thing. Right. And so on nights when I don't have Declan, I tend to be more prone to be like well i can have a couple drinks Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's more than a couple drinks and i don't really think about how much i'm drinking Mm -hmm. but i sleep better then i wake up and i feel like crap and then i have declan and then i don't drink and then i don't have him and then i feel like crap because i'm like because you didn't sleep well and because i i'm like part of the part of the ritual that I had before um, was just that I would drink to help relax. Right. And then that was like, well, it'll help me sleep. Mm. And so now like my... Wait, so when you mean the ritual before, do you mean like... Before Declan. Okay. Before Declan. Yeah. Um, but then there were times when we were all living together before like, you know, now obviously, um, where I think because you were there... And you and Declan would go to bed. Mm-hmm. Kind of sometimes super early. Yeah. You guys would go to bed really early and I would stay up and watch TV. Right. And a lot of times I would be drinking. And feeling lonely. Yeah. Right. So that has changed over time due to varying circumstances. Um, but most importantly, I was just, I was thinking about the other night when I was laying there and I was like, oh, it's so funny how like, uh, I wonder how much addiction and uh relying on self-medicating mm-hmm. is is something that our listeners would relate to would relate to and, and that they deal with so uh yeah i mean for me personally i came from i come from a background of family members that were heavy smokers and drinkers my highly anxious grandfather lived to be I say he was almost 92 and he drank pretty much every day. And then my dad, who was 
um, they passed away a year apart. That's right. And about a year apart. Uh, and then my dad was about 30 years younger. And he drank every day. The difference was that my dad smoked too. Mm-hmm. And my dad was a much heavier drinker. My grandpa would drink like a couple glasses of like cheap wine, whereas my dad would drink like heavy alcohol. But wasn't your grandpa also more active? Don't you remember? I think I remember hearing more stories he about your grandpa swim in the pool. And he would go and and do uh, like shuffleboard. So he was a little bit more, he was more active. I don't remember a ton of stories of your dad being like consistently active. Not when I was growing up as much. No, he was. His so like before he passed away, his um the time what he basically would do was he would he wasn't really working. He was just kind of like taking care of his parents. Mm-hmm. And then they passed away and then he kinda took care of his brother and then he ended up having his brother put and then when I say having put in a home sounds really bad, but right. he basically found a home for him that is a house that is like other people that uh can't really take care of themselves it's more right um it's still you know because i mean that responsibility because he lived with us for a while my uncle right and we shared a room and sharing a room with you uh, shared a room with him yes i didn't know that yeah when i was in high school a freshman in high school oh that's not traumatizing yeah we i slept in a bunk bed with him Okay. And he would like rock in the bunk bed. Right. So it's eventually my dad was like, okay, Bob's going to share a room with me instead. Okay. And so he put him in in that room. But for whatever reason, the bed that he was on was like the frame was cheap. And so my dad had it put together with like these bricks. Mm-hmm. And so this is, <laughs> I think it's funny, even though like people might be like, oh, that poor thing. But he would rock in the bed. Right. Stimming, and probably. S- yeah, and so you would just, and then it'd be like two o'clock in the morning, and you hear like squeak, 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 thump. The bricks would and fall. the bricks would fall, <laughs> and you'd hear Bob, and you'd hear I'm sorry, <laughs> and then my dad would put it back together, and then like you know every night once or twice. Yeah, the I bricks really would br- wish your brother would get him reevaluated just so you could get a proper diagnosis. Yeah, because then he could participate in some of the autism research that's going on. I mean, like you're talking about someone who's been living with neurodiversity for a very, very long time, but has been labeled as schizophrenic? Schizophrenic. And like I told you, the the, the documentation uh-huh. from, this was probably from like the mid to late 2000s, so like 2008 okay. or something like that, uh, is when that you know, he came up to me and he was, he was like, Blake, this paperwork says that I'm retarded. And it literally did say... Wow. That he was, it said, it said mentally retarded on it. But and so does that imply there's an intellectual disability as well? Because that's not guaranteed, that's not part of like autism. They're not From the what same. I, well, but that's the thing. I don't know how long, because he's like, now he's like in his 70s. Oh, so there would just be natural so decline. It, it might age. just be, well, it might just be more than anything. They, they just, you know, look at him and go, yeah, you're you're what we said you were 50 years ago instead of updating it. Right. Like he hasn't had a fresh pair of eyes on him. Right. He hasn't. What is, what are his sleep habits like? Does, can he sleep? Do you know? Does he have sleep challenges? Yeah. I mean, obviously he's stimming in the middle of the night. You said, yeah, he, he, he gets up in the middle of the night and like, well, plus his, his, like his special interest is drinking soda. 
Oh, he no, drinks so tons bad. of soda, and he like he'll drink soda, and he'll be like, "Blake is is soda as bad as beer?" And I'm like, "In yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, I mean, it, sure. I, I guess it just depends on who you ask. Sure, it's not great for you. No. And he's like, "It's not a health product." But it was always like he was always trying to compare it to to alcohol to alcohol or drugs it's not as bad as heroin right right i You'd mean that's like, a fair point well what what are his frame of references he's been watching people drink he watched his dad drink and his brother drink forever like those yeah. are his frames of reference you have to kind of i no, mean I that's know. a valid it's I'm a valid question trying to take anything away from the guy just not saying. saying you are no i'm just i'm just relating to it. so um so that was that's bob's vice is like yeah, pepsi soda. so what are what's your i mean so is there anything besides the alcohol that you find that you kind of become, I don't want to say the word addicted to, but like just like that becomes part of your routine at night that you think might be disrupting your sleep? No, I mean, honestly, I think that the lack of exercise and the not completely abstaining from alcohol right. is Two big deals. the thing that keeps me up. Plus, it's not just, I mean, it's not just that, but there's like something about... Like when you are comfortably, what's that song called? Comfortably numb. Have you heard that song before? I'm not sure. It's uh, it's in it's. What's that? What's that band called? Oh my god, it's gonna drive me nuts. Um, I mean, Roger Waters. You know, okay. I know we, I got the internet right here. So we went through this yesterday. Like I have no ability to play the game of who sang what and what was the title. I know it's, of I know it's in the movie. It's in the movie The Departed at one point. It's like, there is no sun, there is no weather. Um, what is that song? Um, let's see. The Departed. Comfortably Numb. numb. Yeah, right. that's what it's called. Man, I do not. I cannot do that. Comfortably. I don't need to like read the lyrics or anything, but the, just that. But that I I don't know if the song is about what I'm saying. It's just that this the saying sounds right. Oh, Pink Floyd. That's what I was trying to think of. Okay, I was trying to think of Pink Floyd. Um, very famous band or show. I know who Pink Floyd is. Okay, I don't know anything. Name that another song. Not off the top of my head. No, okay. I don't have a database for this. This all this, right. No one plugged me into the motherboard here on this one. Like. In my lifetime, I don't, I don't have the access to this. Okay, <laughs> I try. Fair enough. I'm defensive because I try and I can't remember. At country, I know, but Make sure. everything else. For a I second, think. I was like, "Am I recording?" Yeah, we're recording. Okay, we're good. good. That would have sucked. Had to start over again. So then, how is your exercise going? Not great. Do you th- worry? Okay, so when you started your exercise project a couple of weeks ago, or your your goals. You set some pretty big expectations for yourself right off the bat. I did. So looking back, do you think you maybe set those expectations a little too high? I should have gone for like maybe three pounds in six months. (laughs) I think that would have been totally attainable. I think three pounds in six months would be. So we've talked before about how it's a common um, challenge with ADHD that you have these really high, unrealistic... I don't think they're unrealistic. Goals. I think that I just didn't execute. I still have okay, time. But, but think about, but did you execute? No. But is it because right off the bat you went right into, what's it called? T25? Yeah. Okay. So if you have been through, what you have been through hell, let's just call, let's just be, what am I trying to say? Let's. I don't know. Let's go ahead and finish one sentence <laughs> and then trying to think start English. the next one. 
over the last couple of years, not only have you been through a really unexpected diagnosis, but you stopped drinking cold turkey a couple of years ago, and then you moved twice, and in the middle of those moves, there was a global pandemic, and you haven't had access to some of the same things you have before, so life is completely different now than the last time you were successful doing T25. Yes. So... We know from our research and experience living with ADHD for you, it's more important. Okay, you have a goal of losing 85 pounds, but you can't you can't put yourself on this like instant fast track or even taking a big jump like, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go right into T twenty five. Like I think the thing that's a myth is that there are some of those exercise programs that expect you to be in like some level of shape before you start them. That that is not an off the couch program. So I have but I've seen I think the problem I have with with that is that then you see like a video some like 300 pound dude and he'll be his titties are shaking and he's just wobbling all over the place having a <laughs> I feel so bad now but, but you know what I mean like I someone that is completely not in not shape fit. right and I don't and think it's meant got the man boobs and whatnot and then like the next picture just that's why I had to explain is the the next picture is the guy and it's like Robert lost 190 pounds in 30 he's days. But I think, but we don't know if this is still where he started. Like he still could have started building his physical endurance, something else prior to that. So then the point is that when you have a big goal like that, you have to start with like small things. And, I, and in one episode you actually said, okay, so this next week I'm just going to focus on eating right and not drinking. Like that was obtainable because they were two things that were you know reasonably within your control that weren't too big but you start adding like and then I'm going to add T I'm going to start on Monday I'm going to do T25 and and now you've you've inadvertently stacked too much on you know your capacity and it's okay that that you know everyone's capacity is different and your capacity is going to be different from day to day depending on you know how stressed you are at work what's going on around you how much you're sleeping all of these things combined. And so it's more important to take smaller bites of your goals and say, okay, and maybe we don't start with T25. Maybe I just start with the treadmill twice a week and build up some endurance for your heart. You know, get your joints used to moving again. And then, you know, say in three weeks, I'm going to do this treadmill twice a week. And then the next week, I'm going to do it three times a week. And then in three weeks, I'll start the T25. You'd probably be in a better shape then and have built yourself some momentum instead of diving right. Those are intense programs. I need to be in shape now. Well, or not at all. Okay. Well, well spoken. Thank you. You're well representing. Yes. It's all or nothing. I know. It's a difficult place to be. So when you hear a stair step program like that, immediately I can see across your face. You're just like... Rochelle, this is going to take too long and I'm already not interested. I can see it. You just, the whole, your whole response just in like between your eyes and your cheekbones, you had already lost interest in, in that plan. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. But then if you, if you say, well, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start T25 and then you do and you're feeling so defeated by, you know, how uncomfortable it is to do, then it's just, you're not interested to continue then. And then how do you give yourself a winning solution through this? Because you said yourself on the Facebook group, that when you could kind of muscle through even seven minutes of your workout, you slept a lot better. Yeah. And we've talked in a previous episode about how exercise is actually one of the best drugs for your brain because of the way that it 
activates all the neurochemicals and things in your body that help regulate things like sleep. It is not an easy uh, drug to get into your body, the exercise. I I wondered, um, I didn't talk to you about it because I waited for an episode like this to present itself, but I wondered if one of the bigger reasons why you were kind of struggling to feel like you could build that physical momentum is because of some of the anti-anxiety medication that you're on that actually kind of pulls some of that energy out of your nerves and that's how it's helping to manage your anxiety but then you're also talking about the same physical stimulus in your nerves that you would use for something productive like you know an intense workout right yeah I think um one of the like one of the things I liked about Colorado was that and this doesn't sound like an excuse because it kind of is one but there's just something about I felt more comfortable walking around you know in Colorado plus we had the dog right um and even, but then like here, when we had the dog, I just, I don't know, like I didn't want to walk around here. Is too many hum- cars. The humidity? Maybe, maybe just the weather. Cause like there I'm like, if it could be snowing and I'd be happy to walk around. Yeah. It's just a different, well, elevation is a big deal. The temperature. So, I mean, let's talk about that because temperature control is a very, very, very big, um, part of your sensory experience for everyone but when you have sensory sensitivity like you do and you have a little bit from ADHD and then you have a lot of it from autism so those two over over um hello overlap (laughs) thank you lap my brain was saying overcross I'm like that's not a word um but those two overlap and so your and temperature is one of the things that I find is kind of like your baseline sensory experience if your temperature is off everything is off yeah yeah, definitely not one that does well with heat. heat. Yeah, neither does Declan. I mean, th- one degree difference in the apartment temperature, whether the heat is on or the AC is on, is the difference between him being able to actually fall asleep or not. So it's interesting you say this because, like, if I'm cold I, and he's not, I just have to put another blanket on or put extra clothes on or something because if I raise that to make the house comfortable and it's past his threshold... That's it. He's going to toss and turn. He's not going to sleep. Well, that's the thing. When it's cool, you can always put something else on or, you know, cover another body part. But when it's hot, you can, you can only get so naked. It's true. And when it's humid, there's nothing you can do. You'll be sitting there with the bucket of ice up, up your butt. <laughs> with fan, <laughs> what a fans, visual. <laughs> fans blowing in your face. Right. Trying to cool down. Mm-hmm. So. I not cold, mom. I not cold. That's what I hear. I'm always, I'm cold and he's, I not cold. So temperature is a big deal, and that's why I thought you were um, going to embrace the treadmill a little bit easier because you could do that in your own temperature-controlled environment. Say that again. I thought you were going to embrace the treadmill a little bit easier. I embraced it. I got a stain on it. I embraced it a little too hard. Um, it was a joke. Oh, I was going to say. I hugged it so hard. Oh, I got it. I embr- I, oh, I get it. Sorry. Jesus, Rochelle. Sorry. You don't know any of my puns. I didn't follow that one. Um, the the gym is open at the complex. Yeah. They have a wide range of machines. Yeah. I've lost effort. I love like not effort. I've lost the motivation. I was all motivated, and then all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be hard." <laughs> <laughs> it is gonna be hard. I know. 
but I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm stopping. I just I've I've just it's going. I'm I started a lot slower than I was expecting to. Yeah, I mean, like it, you know, it it's like, have you ever seen um what is that movie? Shoot, there's like a movie where like there's a car going really fast, and the person's like just get out and run really fast, so that when you hit the ground. Oh You're, gosh! You know, and then the person just flies into traffic. <laughs> <laughs> is it like Beavis and Butthead do America or something? I don't. I I, I'm trying know. to think. Anyway, but the point is that that's the mo- that's how I felt. Like I was like, I'm gonna be like Speedy Gonzalez or like the Roadrunner from mm-hmm. the old cartoons, and hit the ground and just be like, phew. So and in- so interesting. Is it because do you think you're doing this all self? How do I say it? Like you're doing it all independently. So by contrast, if you, I have clients all the time that tell me, oh my gosh, you know, I signed up for this boot camp or I can't remember the names of these things, but basically essentially these, these fitness boot camps. And because they sign up for it and because they pay for it and they go to a place and they go to a person who's just rah, 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 you know, and then guiding them through and there's a group of people and you have to do your best to keep up. Like it, there, every client says the same thing. Oh my God, it kicked my ass, but I loved it. It worked. I felt better. You know, I couldn't do it forever, but when I stopped doing it, like I could kind of put my own routine together for myself after that. But I really needed that boost where you had someone else's motivation to sort of booster your own because quite, quite frankly, you know, you mean bolster. What did I say? Booster. Don't they both work? Like you put boosters on a rocket launcher and like it boosts it out of the. You don't put boosters on a rocket launcher. Continue. Go ahead. Okay. Take another crack at the English language. Let's hear it. <laughs> I think you can use either word. Okay. I, I think bolster works better, but that's fine. Okay, that's fine. I'll accept the correction. Um, I'm sorry. I can't help myself. <laughs> I know. I'm not mad. It's, it's even worse when I correct you, and then I realize later that I was wrong. <laughs> well, Oof, you know. But the point is that with everything that you're dealing with, right, you're on medication, which does have an impact on your nerves. And... There's no, like, you're not going to come off of that just so you have that physical energy again. So you've got to factor that in. And then at the same time, you've got, you know, a need, a medical need to lose weight so that your body can function better because our bodies aren't designed to, you know, hold extra weight there to some degree. There's a point where our joints and our blood vessels and our nerves are just kind of like, okay, I need some help here. But at the, but on top of all of that, you have chronic sleep issues you've had your whole life. Um, it's still way too easy to fall into foods that are going to create that inflammation, which are going to make your body even more sluggish. And so you're taking like a huge thing and trying to catapult yourself into a place where your momentum is established and steady and ready to take you through it. So how do you take the next small bite? That's going to be a meaningful bite of this goal so that you can get to the next step. You're making me want Del Taco, talking about small bites. <laughs> I wish. Del Taco doesn't live here. They have Del Taco here. They do? 20 minutes away. Why don't we drive there today? I don't know. We can go for oh, dinner. Oh, no, 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 no. Never mind. I like the- All right, bye, everyone. We're, gonna, we're off to Del Taco. No, 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 no. And I'll start my exercise next week. <laughs> yeah, if you said- you'll, if, I eat, if I eat too much Del Taco, you'll be calling me Del Blaco. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I hate the name Blaco. Right. That's fair. In fact, no, no, no one no one call me that. I take it back. No, I didn't, no. I didn't say Blake it. Blake actually does not enjoy nicknames of any kind. No. Not, not even like- I enjoy Blake names. Blake. Just straight Blake. Nothing else. No, because it's not a Nick. My name is not Nick. 
I know. It's not a nickname. It's a Blake name. It's a Blake name. I get it. That's right. But my point exists. I love to give nicknames, though. You have, I mean, you've got all of this to consider. Rashamalama Ding Dong. <laughs> oh, you've resurrected bring it back. A cl- bring it back a classic. Oh, man. <laughs> I actually have Valentine's Day cards addressed to Rashamalama Ding Dong. I do. I know. I wrote them. I'm aware. I kept them. Okay. Well, that's sweet of you. So how do you do this? You talked earlier at the very beginning about addictive behaviors. Yeah. So I need to get addicted to exercise. And there, exactly. So how do you do that? How do you develop an addiction for it? Start heroin. No. Okay. A healthy little, like little bit of cocaine. But you know what's interesting is that the word addiction has such a negative connotation to it, but yet a healthy routine is the same. It can almost be the same thing. I mean, an addicted an addiction. I don't want to make that comparison directly because. The concept of an addiction means that, you know, you kind of like crave it automatically and your brain is going to pull you to it. Yeah, but some it. people are addicted to working out. Because of the brain chemicals. And I mean, I've, you've, you've seen me to it. That's the problem is that like I got into a routine. I blame you and your family. I was in a routine sure. and I was I was working out and then they, they came in all gung-ho about whatever they were doing and I couldn't like work out how and when I needed to so then I'm just like screw it and that's the part that's really hard is that when I get to that screw it point yeah it's really hard to get back into whatever it was and yet I can't recover what's what we had we had actually let's talk about that because we had no concept of anxiety or insomnia we had no concept of ADHD was nowhere near our radar like we didn't know any of these things you kept saying that you thought I had a brain tumor Right, but you were drinking then. I was. And I didn't know. It's because I was keeping it a secret. But you were still able to somehow get into that routine. Is it because you were 10 years younger and just didn't have quite the complexity of life and stress? I wasn't drinking like I was when I was drinking heavier, if that makes any sense. It does make sense. Because I wouldn't feel like it because I was exercising. exercising. So there's the caveat. Yeah. Okay, Blake. I mean, <laughs> I need motivation. The thing is, is so here's the thing. If I had some like, this sounds so shallow, and I don't care. But if I had some, let's say, woman waiting for me, and she was like, "Okay, uh, lose some weight, and I'll be, you know, on you like." That's a fair motivation. Uh, a woman on a man, and I would just be like, <laughs> work to work out. To right? work, yeah, yeah. Um, right now, my motivation is just like, I don't know, I guess I just don't want to die. Right, which, you know, th- re- we've talked before about reward and consequence. Yeah. Not dying would be considered avoiding the consequence, but, you're, but that your brain doesn't really respond to that the same way. Yeah. Declan loves me just the same if I'm fat. He does. He doesn't know the difference. Nope. I mean, he will when he gets older and he's like, geez, dad, you're going to lose some weight. And then, then I might try a little bit harder. I need to. I know I need to. So at this point in the game, because we've established that you've got a lot of different things to consider. Developing a a habit and getting rid of a bad habit at the same time, that's the challenge. Oh, I like that. That's very well said. You 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 do have to do both. Yeah. And there's no consequence that's going to make it urgent, important, or interesting. So at this point in time where, where... I find myself going, okay, is this the moment in time where it's advantageous to consider 
professional help. And what I mean by that is a personal trainer. Oh, yeah, but that, but that just, well, here's the thing. People are going to be listening to this and be like, well, yeah, you can't, not everyone can afford a personal trainer. I can't afford one. I couldn't either. So, so then that's out. Okay. So, but there are points in time where there are, cap- you know what I could get? What? Personal pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty good. The la- Okay. Well, you could. Ooh, with, with extra sauce. Mm. Okay. Sounds delicious. What can you do then? Because there are times where, okay, let's say, let's say we're not working. Well, let's say we're not talking about something as big as like, you know, completely dropping one habit, one addictive habit and replacing it with a healthy routine, like, like drinking and exercise. But let's say you were doing the the best you could to keep your house cleaners, try and stay organized. And you got to a point where everything was organized enough and you could hire a maid to be like okay now don't change where everything is but just help me do some cleaning like go do the chemical cleaning and you know Are you i'm saying i need a maid no i'm just saying there's points where you can address your own capacity and go, okay i've done i've done it the most i could do in this area and more needs to be done but if i do more than i can do then you know it's gonna it's gonna knock me off my perfect balance so you hire help to help you with the extra capacity so they 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 should have like free um you should like if you have uh asd or uh, you know autism spectrum disorder uh i think especially or adhd or something like that there should be there should the there should be services for people like myself and our listeners so that you know we you could get a personal trainer you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, like, we talk about um, executive function mm-hmm. a lot on the show, mm-hmm. and I noticed that I, I just, I don't have the capacity to do the things that normal people do without it taking an exhaustive, it is, it, like, right. an, an exhaustive effort on my part. And that's true. Like, that's cleaning what and, like, doing dishes and, right. like cleaning my bathroom and, and part of it is because everything that you've mentioned including quitting drinking including cleaning your fridge it all requires the ability to make decisions and then remember the decision you just made and those are both aspects of executive function because part of why things back up and this is um in a lot of ways true for parts of depression also is that you have to make decisions about different aspects, whether you're making decisions about the steps on a goal or making decisions about emotions and events and, and, you know, in healing moments, or you're making decisions about, you know, what food you're going to buy and how how you're going to put it all together. Like that's all, that all requires executive function, but also the ability to remember what you were doing yesterday or the day before. And that's that poor short-term working memory. So what can you do? Can you... I don't know. I don't even remember what you just said. What did you just say? <laughs> Something about my poor working memory. I just said that it requires both. Like the ability to make decisions and remember your decisions. Yeah. So when I was on that medication two weeks ago... Yeah. That that highly... Uh, what was it called? That stimulant? Yes. What I noticed about myself um, is that I sorely lacked the ability to my my nerves were functioning so fast I couldn't make a decision in the moment and then I couldn't if I did make a decision I couldn't remember it 30 seconds later and I was like running around my own apartment trying to get out the door one day going oh my god what the hell is happening to me 
Like I normally have a routine. I'm good at this. I'm calm. It's a thing. I'm organized. I've done all the thinking ahead of time. Like I know what I'm doing. But that week it just got worse. Every day it got worse and worse and worse. And I just kept thinking, I wonder if this is how he feels. Like if your nerves are running so fast, then you don't have the chance to kind of add in that mental snapshot and I don't know about you but I my memory works in pictures if I have the chance to make a visual in my mind of what I just heard or of some decision I've just made it's easier for me to recall it is that true for you how does your memory work do you remember what you heard what you (laughs) what you've seen I mean I I don't know I mean I'm I'm a visual learner right so when when we're talking I have a hard time sometimes because sometimes I think I have to picture what you're saying in words in my head. And that's what I'm talking about. My nerves during, while I was on that stimulant, my nerves went so fast I couldn't make mental images of my own thoughts and 30 seconds later couldn't remember my own thought. Yeah. That's why I always have to write things down. You know. Yep. I've mentioned it before, that scene from Memento Mm -hmm. where he's like, find a pen, find a pen, find a pen, and then boom, like the car door slams outside. And then he's like, what? And then he completely forgets because he's right. got that short-term memory loss. Yep. Um, no, I, I, I that's understand. That's like a real thing. Right. N- now, obviously not to the degree that if someone, like if you came in here and punched me in the face and we're like, what's the, you're not going to remember this anyway. In well, five minutes, you would because I would remember I would, you punching me in the face because. It's a multi-sensory experience. Something about it. Yeah. It's, but, if, but if you came in and told me a joke. And then, like, an hour later, we're like, tell me the joke I told you. I'd be like... I mean, I've heard you say some of the funniest stuff of your life, and you couldn't even remember it 30 seconds later. Yeah, I know. It's 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 not... it's It sucks. It does. It's really, it really sucks. But I think what you're what you're honing in on there is, is the one piece that seems to be consistent between both of our experiences. And my experience in no way compares, you know, to the lifetime you've been living. But I'm just saying for a brief moment, I feel like I got this little snapshot into an experience that I don't typically get to relate to in my own body and in my own mind um, the same way. Well, I wrote something down. I wrote these notes for myself for this episode. Okay. Talking about not being able to sleep. So we talked about that. And then the cycle of basically waking up feeling like crap, then not drinking. Okay. And then it's, it's like it's not even like wanting to do something. It's almost like being compelled to do something. Okay. To where you're just like, well, I, I have. To, I'm gonna be stopping to get something to drink now. Mm. Because it's like part of the muscle memory. So that's like the one of the things that I've tried to do is to drink kombucha, mm-hmm. and then drinking like the tea that has the um, what are those little globule guys called once oh, you you're talking them. about the chia drinks yeah. yeah i was making those chia drinks right, from scratch i need to do that again because when i was doing that that became my new routine sure and then i was like still drinking something right it's like when people are like addicted to smoking mm-hmm. like they chew gum or chew on pencils or right right they always end up doing something oral um anyway okay so what'd you s- I, I'm, I'm getting there and then, uh, I, well, here's what I wrote. And it's just this is how I wanted to shape the episode. It was redefining the self, pre-diagnosis and post-diagnosis. Autism is part of your identity. And then me saying I'm more than just a- autistic. Right. And then recovering from ADHD and autism diagnosis and settling into a more comfortable self. 
those are big those are big things i don't i think that's partly why it can be so overwhelming to receive a diagnosis is because you just use the word recover which i think is really wise you do kind of have to recover from receiving a diagnosis well that's what i'm saying so that that was like my whole thought was you know because then your your recovery is reflecting on you you mean like for me like you're reflecting on your entire you're thinking of your childhood you're thinking of adolescence you're right. thinking of your teen years through adulthood up until the point where you got diagnosed where you're diagnosed and then after that what do i do now right the thing about neurodiversity and i think this is true and th- this is true whether it's you don't necessarily have to have autism and ADHD. I mean, neurodiversity includes like dyslexia and dyspraxia and dyscalculia and Tourette's and, um, you know, all these different aspects. You have any combination of these things. And we, it, 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 there's that period of, oh, that's what I have. Okay, so then you go back, like you said, and you apply that to the whole filter of your life and you try and see it through a different lens. But um, everyone talks about grief. You know, like then you're grieving and I we talk, I see the parents, talk, oh, you're grieving because now you've just, your child's just received this diagnosis. So talk to me, like what is, what I saw you do was grieve the life you thought you were going to have while you were digesting the diagnosis. So how does that fit into this recovery? Like, do you still feel like grief was a part of this process? Yeah, because I feel like to this like I, 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 one of the things that we talk about um, in our personal life is that I'm always worried about my age because I'm like, oh, I'm too old to try to do stand up. I'm too right. old to try and make films. I'm too old to do whatever because I'm, you know, w- there's all these jobs that I would love to do and I just never got the experience in doing them. And now I realize I'm like, oh, what? There's there there would have been ways to do it if I had help. I needed the the right kind of motivation. Okay. And now I feel like I have it, but then I feel like I'm behind. Okay. Again. Yeah. Okay. And so it's like mourning the life that I would have had had I known earlier that I was autistic because then I would have gotten the help I needed to get to where I needed to go and where I wanted to be at this point in my life. Okay. So that makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah. But I'm going to read something. Please. Um, and I'm going to have to, I wrote it down and then I realized as I was writing it that it wasn't the perfect thing to write, but I'm going to read it anyway. Please do. So just to kind of give an idea for, for people that are just discovering or have just discovered that they have ADHD or they're neurodivergent in some way or if they're you know autistic or whatever. Dual um, diagnosis. Yeah. But... Let's say that every time you put on a pair of shoes, it feels like you have rocks in your shoes. So no matter which pair of shoes you put on and you tell people that you feel funny and you feel like you have rocks in your shoes, but no one sees rocks in your shoes. Mm-hmm. And so you can't explain why it feels uncomfortable. Right. Um, you feel different and you can't say why you think everyone feels like you just feel like everyone else must just feel this way mm-hmm. and that there's no word for it because it just is what it is. It's like everyone agrees that green is green. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's say you develop a slight limp, but you walk it off. Then one day someone sees you and says, has anyone ever told you that you have rocks in your shoes? Mm. And, um, now of course, like, uh, the reason I screwed, I was like, I think I screwed this up when I'm writing. I was like, because I didn't, it wasn't like, I was like, I think I'm autistic. And everyone told me I wasn't autistic. It's more like rocks in my shoes, meaning 
there's a there's something different about me. You said you thought you had a selective learning disorder. I know. I'm saying something different. I'm I'm just saying like I'm not equating it to specifically to like right. knowing that I had something doesn't feel the way I'm feels told off. that it's supposed to feel. Right. Something's off. And then right. like my mom being like, you don't have rocks in your shoes. Right. Dismissive. And then someone one day going, oh, you have rocks in your shoes. And then right. be like, well, that's why you feel uncomfortable walking. And so you turn your socks inside out and the saw, you know, the, the rocks come out and then all of a sudden you realize you've just been wearing your socks wrong your entire life and mm-hmm. it didn't matter what shoes you put on because you just had this thing there. Uh, and so, I'm, and, and whether or not like you, you can be comfortable. Um, and then again, like I was like, oh, I don't want to necessarily equate it with something, but the, 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 the whole idea of something like rocks and shoes is like, there's something there that no one else can see, but I feel it. Mm-hmm. And, the the knowing it's like the it's like the rocks are gone because it's not that i'm not that i don't still feel different or right. anything but that's why it was like saying like oh it's like you turn your socks inside out because that's what i do right like, but it's almost like you have permission you're you're I, that's not the right word it's almost like you are more accepted for turning your socks inside out because you're solving a sensory issue that no one else could see before and now that it's a little bit more understood you turning your socks inside out is actually a brilliant move of self-management, whereas before you were just weird. Well, and, and, well and I was, there was something else I was going to say, too, was that if you get to that point where you find out like that you're, you've been diagnosed or you hear a podcast like this and you go, wow, this really resonates with me. Mm-hmm and or you read a book or whatever you know something has to do with uh, neurodivergence then there's you know we're talking about the morning period but there's also something about like self-acceptance and that's when that what did i say i wrote that down and i just said it redefining the self yeah and so like redefining like the the mirror you know because we all have this mirror image of ourselves and we all wear masks Mm -hmm. but the thing is that we're wearing masks for ourselves to blend in to a degree but then people like that are autistic for instance like you're wearing a mask and you may not even realize that you're projecting right like images that you know you might not realize that you're matching someone's breathing or matching the tone or matching like you know when you're in a group of uh if you're in a group of people and you're spending time with them, you you might start to talk like them, or they might start to talk like you a little bit, right? Does that make sense? I, I've noticed, when, yes, yeah. Um, and because I have ADHD, I am losing my train of thought. <laughs> so, are you saying that the acceptance of self is tied into accepting the fact that you've probably been masking for their for your whole life, and now it comes to a point where you have to give yourself permission to kind of take that mask off and discover who you are underneath it all and kind yeah, of because rebuild like your identity. 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 Yeah, it, identity. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what that am, was. You know, like what part of me is is really just me and what part of it was what I was trying to be to fit in. Right. You know? Um, I think that's a fair question. So that's something that I struggle with on a daily basis and I'm sure a lot of other people do too. I'm sure that's true. 
So. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, it's really interesting who we decide to mirror and mask with also. Like, I've been kind of playing around with this idea that sometimes we mirror and mask. Sometimes we mask ourselves and mirror the person that we kind of want to be. You know, kind of like, okay, like that. I look at that person and they have characteristics that I'm interested in. I want to be more like that person. They can become, I've seen sometimes, like that's that's someone that gets mirrored. Like you kind of pick up those characteristics and try them on for a little while and go, how comfortable am I in these characteristics? Do these characteristics fit? Um, you know, and the ones that do, you can pick them up and they can become your characteristics. And then sometimes I see the opposite. Sometimes I see someone who is really threatening and aggressive in their personality and just kind of, you know, um, just socially aggravating to be around. I have seen others mask themselves and then mirror the threat so that they don't appear to be a threat to that person anymore. And it can work. It can almost like lull, lull the senses of the threat and they start targeting people who look different. And it, and by mirroring, you're kind of camouflaging, you know, yourself and hiding. So you're no longer feeling kind of quite so open and susceptible to becoming a threat from that person, like receiving the, um, people can just be so shitty. Like it's just an, it can be a, a successful way to mitigate a threat is what I'm trying to say. So I've seen okay. it kind of go both ways. And I think both are very valid because unfortunately, you know, we don't always have the most welcoming society for people. Um, and I think it, I think it's okay in both cases, but my prayer is that through either experience, whether you're trying to, you know, try on characteristics that you find might be a good fit for you and developing your identity through this, or you're, you're just mitigating a threat from someone who is aggressive and someone you don't want to associate with, like both help you define how you feel and defining how you feel and being able to make a decision about how you feel is part of how your identity grows. You lost me a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> okay. You um, said something about identity. Yes. Okay. Cool. I hope everyone. I'm. I'm going to go back and listen to this episode, <laughs> and then right. uh, I'll respond. Okay. Sometimes I just have a hard time paying no, attention. I I do my what best do to create me to mental images. It's just sometimes I think. Um, I I do much better thinking of what to say when I'm listening because I have to. I go back and listen to the episodes to make sure that they sound okay. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, I should have said this, but I can't. What am I going to do? I've done that when I listen back too. Yeah. So. Um, um, well, so where do you think you are in the process of recovering your identity? Oh, I don't know. In the beginning, I feel like still. Okay. I do. You, where do you feel like you are in the recovery process? I mean, so when did in you the get beginning? Still. Yeah. So that's fair. It can be. It, there's no time limit. I mean, it. You know, it's a completely different type of recovery. It's a different type of trauma to live your whole life without the uh, knowledge of a diagnosis. And it's not like the diagnosis is, um, you know, what changes your life. It's like you said earlier, it's the knowing. It's the no. Oh, I know now that I have more sensitive nerves. I know now that my nerves might read the outside world differently than others. I, I know now that we don't all perceive 
everything that we're seeing and feeling and thinking the same way. Just knowing that and giving yourself permission to know that your experience is not going to be identical to someone else is part of this biggest separation. Yeah, the one, like, the thing that was just rolling through my head as you were speaking, which I guess I should have been paying attention to you instead of paying attention to what my head was saying. (laughs) Fair. Is that it would be like if you were, let's say that you were raised in um vietnam or something and but you're like brain you were born and like you understood english and like you never understood vietnamese Mm -hmm. you know and then all of a sudden like some person from england shows up and starts talking and you're like holy shit i understand you right that's how it felt when i first started reading those temple grandin oh i remember that you did say that you felt like someone finally understood you it just because it made sense right right i was like oh Right. You know, and she talks about the autistic brain being so much more built in logic that that's not commonly known. Like it's not commonly something that is accounted for. It's, just, yeah. it's very logical and database driven. The brain. Mm-hmm. Okay. So actually, maybe we can put that to good use. That knowledge, that that recollection, because is there some way you can use that to craft? A program for yourself to get yourself through this I'm hoping so I need to do something something's got to give starring Diane Keaton <laughs> and Jack Nicholson <laughs> and Keanu Reeves it'd be a great movie for you to write there's a movie called something's got to give what yeah something's got to give starring Diane Keaton Jack Nicholson and Keanu Reeves I just said that oh I didn't I, I, thought, you were, just, I, wasn't, I thought you were making that up no. that's a real thing yes you ever seen that movie? I told you I don't have a database. There's a whole stuff. scene. The only part of the movie I remember is there's like a whole part where like he has a heart attack and they give him aspirin. Oh, I definitely don't know this movie. And I was like, what? And and so like the doctor's like, if you can walk a flight of stairs, you can have sex. Oh. About like, because, uh, you know, just to make sure that you're not going to have another heart attack. So he really wants to have sex with this woman. So he's like standing at the bottom of the stairs. Okay. He's like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so you need... You need that woman or... No, I'm, I'm just... I was just saying something... Just the term, something's got to give. And then I thought... Right. I, no, I was being fair. I was being funny by okay. talking about... Anyway. Sorry, I wish I knew more of that. I don't know. I know. Me too. All right. Are we ready for Pop Minute? I mean, it seems like a great segue into Pop Minute. Pop Minute. Pop Minute. Minute. Pop Minute. Jeez. Love him or hate him, Tom Holland is this year's king of the box office so far. After dominating the global and domestic box office with the third entry into his Spider-Man franchise, Spider-Man No Way Home, which grossed $779 million as of this uh, recording, and that puts it at the third highest grossing domestic film of all time, just behind Star Wars Episode Seven and Avengers Endgame, just edging out, I believe, Avatar by about $19 million, which was the number one highest grossing film start that came out in 2009. And anyway... So, uh, it's it is also now the sixth highest grossing film worldwide. Wow! His newest film, Uncharted, has already grossed two hundred and twenty six million worldwide. Uh, I believe it's made about eighty three million domestically. It doesn't sound very high. What eighty three million? Uh huh. It's been out for a week. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh. It's been out for like a week or two. Um, it 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 did forty million its first weekend, but in considering the fact that we're in the middle of the pandemic, oh, you're right. You're that's right, pretty you're good. Right. Uncharted, based on the series of video games, 
Which uh, I like, and I can play. Yes, of the same name has a Rotten Tomato score of 40% oh. from critics, but a surprising 90% from the audience. Gotcha. Which that disparity usually means the movie really sucks, mm-hmm. even though the audience liked it, or it might be good. So it you know it's it, usually it's not that much of a disparity. It's usually like 40% and then like 60% like mm-hmm. the movie. You know, if that if just the, means that we like Tom Holland and we like Uncharted and we're willing to look past whatever is bad about it that the critics can see. Maybe, but you be the judge. Maybe the maybe it's because most most video game movies are pretty terrible. I I'll be the judge. I I was really good at Uncharted actually. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. <laughs> I was really bad. Blake, I can't get past this part. I'm gonna die. That's right. Rochelle would always have me. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't kill. She'd be like getting. She gets stuck somewhere, and then I'd have to. Come play the game for 10 minutes to try and like get past some <laughs> bad guy i'm like you don't have any freaking bullets <laughs> like oh where did i supposed to pick those up at right all right okay so news. tom holland i'm a big tom holland fan cool news. i didn't realize it damn it i keep trying to say news minute oh sorry no go ahead and say what you're gonna say i didn't realize until today that i was an entire spider-man behind yeah you have a spider in your behind? Is that what you said? No, I'm an entire Spider-Man behind. You're two Spider-Mans behind. I'm now. I'm two Spider-Mans behind. Yeah, I didn't realize there was one in 2019. Yeah, there's three. This is the third in his movies. I'll in have his, to catch in his, up in his series. Okay, news minute. Woo-hoo. I was thinking that you were going to talk over me again. So there is some serious news in the news this week. It's been talked about for months now with Russia's buildup of troops and artillery near the border of Ukraine and Russia. And Russia has officially invaded Ukraine. Obviously, if you're listening to this, there's probably a good chance that you've heard about this, this being an unprovoked attack. I don't want to get too far into it because it is political and this isn't really a political show. But this is something that I think most people would agree is pretty crazy that is happening right now. Well, we are a mental health awareness podcast, and this does spike um, anxiety. I mean, this is... This is triggering for a lot of reasons. So I think it's fair to bring up. Um, I think it's important to be aware of global things, but I think it's also important when we're hearing news like this, just just always be, okay, is that my anxiety? Okay, that's my anxiety about what I'm hearing. And just try and separate out all your feelings about these things so that it doesn't become super overwhelming, you know, and you can kind of listen to it without it triggering an episode for you. Yeah. So there's a couple of other notes I have about this. Yeah. Um, The reason, my understanding is, and some of this is, I'm a few days behind in in writing this. So it's not, I didn't write this today. I wrote it on like Friday. So I feel free to correct me. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure you will. You autistic bastards. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, not me, them. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I was joking around. I was talking to the audience. Um, the, the the neurodivergent people um, are like in, in my groups. Uh-huh. They're very quick to, because everyone, someone, you know, someone in the group is a special interest that has to do with like history. Right. And they all, and that's. And, right. and so they'll probably be like, no, actually you have to understand that like it's been thousands of years that. the Yeah. I, it's U- been at least 500. I know that this. Ukrainians and the Russians. Right. Um being so close together and everything it's like a whole thing with the ussr all that anyway i'm not trying to get into all that but basically uh the invasion uh there have been uh the the um, ukrainians have been trying to hold uh, hold out i mean considering the fact that russia has so many more troops correct um the united states has not 
decided to be in any way, shape, or form a part of the, uh, you know, I guess any kind of sustained effort to help Ukraine because we're trying to kind of fight Russia by putting in sanctions and things like that. A lot of people in the U.S. are saying, like, don't buy Russian oil and all this kind of stuff. Um, Then... So no one's no one's deployed troops into that like war zone area. We're all kind of on the surrounding areas just to kind of be peacekeepers, I suppose, for the time being. The UK though has banned Russian aircraft of any kind from entering its airspace. The UK also announced concessions for Ukrainian citizens that are currently living within the UK. This means that people um, from Ukraine will have greater access to stay in the UK during this time of turmoil in their home country. Uh, sorry, uh, without having to return to their home country. And meanwhile, in Russia, hundreds of people have been arrested for protesting the invasion in just the first day since the attacks began. In Russia, it is illegal to pr- protest without a permit unless you're a single person, which isn't really a protest. It's just like a drunken uncle complaining, I said. <laughs> so not all the news... brave of them to protest in Russia, though. Right. Wow. And by the way, let's all, I, I, I like to remind people it's Ukraine, not the Ukraine. Right. Yeah. Just like you wouldn't say the Russia or the Canada. The thing I really appreciate, though, about, let me say it like this. It used to bug me that you always corrected me. Yes. All, because you correct me all the time. My mom corrects me all the time. It's a very thing. It's very. But once I understood that it wasn't so much that you were like telling me how bad I was. It was just, you were just, you just knew what the correction was and you wanted me to know it also. Yeah. What I have learned is that I don't care. Like correct me if I've said it wrong, then I'll accept the correction because I know that you know it. And what I, what I find interesting is that in some of the groups I'm in that, that do have um, a, a strong population of neurodivergent individuals is that you guys can interrupt and I guess I am with dyslexia I'm dyslexic but we you really want to be neurodiverse I don't, don't you? but I just I mean I don't know I'm not saying yes or no I just I'm just again trying to be specific and accurate because we're just talking about autocorrecting for the sake of being accurate and when you take it from a lens of we're just trying to be as accurate as possible then there's nothing to get offended about yeah so what's been your problem this whole time Cause you, s- <laughs> we'll not get into that. Okay, good. <laughs> Fair so point. Not but I'm just saying, it's really just from a place of just working to speak accurately, or even understand things accurately. And what's difficult about that at the same time is that we're living in a world where, like you just said, with even with this update, there's so much more information than we know at any point in time, and not all of it is out there and searchable because some a lot of it is happening in real life, and so getting super technical about a lot of finite details, we need to remember that even if we're kind of being super perfect about making these comparisons to like, okay, I'm going to autocorrect you because it's this or that, we need to remember that the world is constantly also evolving and that we need to create some space in our in our world for the fact that there's more to most of the stories than we know at the moment. All right. I got one more piece of news. Tell me. Not all news this week was serious. Unless you have a penis. 
I'd like to talk about frozen penises for a minute, if I may. That's right. A penis was in the Olympic news this week. This what? is not a joke. What? The heading for the article I read was, this was on CNN, was entitled, Cross-Country Skier Remy Lindholm Suffers Frozen Penis in Mass Start Race. Apparently, it was quite cold in Beijing during the men's 50-kilometer mass start race, and so it was shortened to 30 kilometers. That's still a solid 18 miles. With stiff competition, Lindholm of Finland raced to the finish with a frostbitten lower appendage. Oh, no. These cross-country skiers wear thin layers of material that provide little to no protection from the brutal weather. Oh, no. This is reportedly the second time in cross-country skiing history that a racer's penis has frozen. Luckily, Lindholm was able to use a heat pack on his package. But he said when things started to heat up, the pain was unbearable. I'll Not bet. hard to imagine. Oh, wow. You notice all my puns? I there? know. It was very, very well done. Yeah, the nerve endings. I would have just imagined yeah. that to be very painful. So, I did not know that. Ouch. Ow. Did you oh. imagine 18 oh. miles? With a frozen... Frozen wiener. I can't imagine... They said it was nearly frostbitten. Wow. Yeah. They've got to do something about that then. They've got to change their 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 clothing. Yeah, oh my god, I got it. Shark tank? Yeah. Wiener warmers. <laughs> Why not? They can't build them right into the suits or something? There's well, got to be something you could do, something that's even like friction generated heat or something. You're sitting there cross country skiing, you're creating all that. How about a Peter heater? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's a it's a wildly applicable yeah i was trying to think of another one damn it i was so close sorry i laughed too much yeah it's okay peter peter heater and uh wiener warmer those are pretty good that's, yeah. a, that's a good place to end yeah all right wow. so uh I, I actually made a little bit of music for this week's episode which i guess i normally do anyway but um I, I was able to get my computer started. Hopefully it's still working when I get back to my apartment. That's hope. Because that would mean I can cue the music right now. You see how I did that? I like that. Pretty cool. The music has already started. Um, I uh, thank you for listening. This is episode 29. Wow. Is that right? 29? Sounds right. And uh, please join the Facebook group, which is uh, YDSA, You Don't Sound Autistic, on Facebook. You can also look for me at Blake Fertig. That's B-L-A-K-E-F-E-R-T-I-G. I'm on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. And you can always send us messages if you have any questions about the show. Um, but uh, we would really like it if you join the show, join the conversation, and you know share your questions on the Facebook group. You can send them to us too, but I just like to get more people involved because then I, you know it helps me helps me get a little bit more insight as to what everyone's thinking about the show and what you guys got going on so that we can talk about some different stuff. Mm -hmm. um, one of the people, um, uh, thank you to all the new members. Uh, we have a couple a couple new members that joined in the last week or so. And they and from some new countries as well. So yeah. glad to see that we can. Um, one of the things that we've talked about in the past is trying to figure out a way to get a guest on here so mm -hmm. that we can talk to them. So we're still trying to figure it out. We haven't, we haven't forgotten. We're definitely trying to get that figured out. Um, you know, who knows? Hopefully, hopefully this year we'll be able to do that. I mean, not this year, but, you know, in the next couple months or something, we'll be able to We're figure trying. out a way yeah. Yeah, to do that. It's, it's hard to line it up because, like, today, if we would have planned something with someone, it, it, totally it would have been, been impossible because, because Declan didn't go to sleep until, like, 
Five well, now that we're back in swim, hopefully we can get into the regular swim. Well, no, because that just changed too. Dang it. Yeah. All right. We're trying. We're, we're trying. trying. We're trying, everybody. Just like you're trying, we're trying too. We're trying. So everyone, uh, keep your chins up. Uh, the world is crazy right now. And I guess it has been for a while. What are you going to do? It feels a little bit crazier now than it does it feel did a little crazier. even a month ago. Yeah. It yeah. feels much crazier. So, so just... So to keep things as sane as possible, we'll be back to be your entertainment, talking about frozen penises and autism. <laughs> mental health podcast. Oh, sorry. This is a mental health podcast. <laughs> it's okay. It's all part of mental health. It is part of mental health. I'm. <laughs> hey, I feel like if technically anything I say can and will be used against me in a court of public opinion. Sure. Um, so I, if I talk about things that are a little bit blue or uh weird or off topic then i would hope most people that listen to this would kind of go yeah i i do those kinds of things too you get a little off topic sometimes you get a little weird and uh nobody's perfect rochelle i don't think anyone should first of all i don't what i believe is perfect what i think i said the music started there's no way the music can start when i just said i know because you it's going to be like an hour later. What, now, I, be- what I believe makes a perfect individual is someone who is just trying every single day. I don't believe in this concept of perfectionism, like there's a perfect way to live or a perfect way to act or a perfect way to talk. I don't believe any of that. I don't believe in any of it. I think what is perfect is that we get through our day, even if it means... Perfectly never- imperfect. I, exactly. Some days that means not getting out of bed. Whatever your routine is that really like is how do I say it? Like what's perfect is how you treat yourself, you know, putting yourself first, putting your self care first, putting your feelings first, making, giving you the time and space to feel your feelings and make decisions about them or put a boundary around it and say, I'm not going to think about that right now, or I'm not going to, you know, let that get to me right now. Or that's what is perfect is just that you're caring about yourself. That's all, the only definition that I think should be out there. And the more of us that care about ourselves and in a nurturing sense and really give ourselves permission to be who we are, because even what you just said, like I'm I'm actually scared to call myself neurodivergent, even though technically, according to the definition, I'm dyslexic as hell. And I I'm still nervous because I'm not autistic. I'm not ADHD. I'm not ADD. But technically, you know, that is part of the umbrella and yet I'm still nervous about it. So even giving myself permission to say, yeah, this, I identify with this group in my own way, not just as a spouse and a mother and a friend and a daughter and all these other things, but it's really just the only thing that we can do that's perfect is just to be ourselves. And even in the moment, if we're not perfectly ourselves, who cares that we're still trying, we're still living, we're still working. And, you know, even if that day means you spend the entire day in bed, that's still a perfect day because that's how you needed to spend it. And I think that that's the only definition of perfect that counts. I couldn't have said it better myself because you said it all. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think that's it for today, folks. We will see you next time. I am Blake. And I'm Michelle. And we'll be back. And now, cue the music. Music.